I don't like this hair. I'd rather be standing, but it'd be all right. Well, it's been a while since I've been up here. I've been working with the kids mostly the last couple, well, about two months. And it's actually a great adventure to be down there with those kids because most of them don't know actually how to behave in church. Then you got these kids that this might be the first time they ever heard of God. But the best part of for me is when you get one-on-one time to tell them about Jesus and what he's done for them and how to be saved. Because a lot of these kids don't even know the first step of it. Then you get some of these great questions they ask you. Like one of them. One of them asked me, says, if Adam and Eve was the first two people, does that mean we're all inbred? And I was like, you got me there. <laughs> or one of them goes, I heard there's a stairway in, in the forest if you go deep enough to take case to heaven. I said, I think that's a song, but it's not a right one in here, and that's not how it works. <laughs> then we'll have others that come in. Like I've had one little boy, he's done spit on me. He's done kick me when I pick him up. He's done throw suckers on me. Done cuss me. But last week, he accepted Jesus just by what I told him, which was a great thing. And the one thing was I was shocked was I knew he was understanding that something was clicking that night. But at the end, he decided, hey, I want to pray for everybody that was in that room. And that shocked me completely, which was a great thing. Well, anyway, as far as I need to thank everybody for for um, supporting me for college and going out to become a missionary. And, the, and as far as I've gotten so far is if everything works out right, this will be my last year of college. And we got I got a Zoom meeting with some of the directors within November or December. They said they'll email back to all of us before they do a Zoom meeting. And hopefully, if everything works out right, I should be trying to do early adaptation by the end of next summer, which will probably just be local churches around here until we get a list going. But that's where God's working at in my life. So anyway, this message that I got for you all this evening, I've actually wrote it a year ago. And I was thinking Monday when I was asked if I would do it, a Wednesday service, I was going, I wonder what I should do it on. First, my mind went to, let's go to Psalms 51 and preach on that. Our sins, even though we can be forgiven by them, there's also consequences to come because God is a just Father. And there's consequences for your wrongdoing. And he wouldn't be a just Father if he didn't punish a kid. Or then I was like, well, no, maybe not. Then I went, how about we go to... um. The seven churches in Revelations, and talk about the backslidden churches and and things like that. And I was like, no. Then finally, God said, "Well, this is a sermon you did a year ago, which I didn't preach yet. I just wrote it up. And it's called the Sinner's Hospital." Well, anyway, I have one good question for everybody. What's the big? What is one of the biggest reasons why people turn to atheism today? I think anybody that wants to answer. And y'all don't even have to raise those hands. You just got to. <laughs> Anybody? That's a good answer. Anybody else? That's exactly what I put down. 
It says, we go here to church and we act one way, but we're in the world with our workmates and other people. We act a different way. And they look at us like, why, why do I got to be like them? They act exactly like us. We should be an example because a lot of these people we go work with, they know what the Bible is, but they never opened it. They're reading us. And sometimes it's hard. I mean, I work in a garage with a bunch of guys likes to cuss. And I'm over here going, y'all need to calm down. I mean, and a lot of people work environment the same way. But we should be the example for them. We should be the one, when they're having a problem, they say, well, I know that guy is a Christian. I need to go talk to him. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's times in my life I can't, I can't say that I was a perfect Christian in those places. And I don't think anybody could. But that's the reason why I think that the main reason atheism is because of how we act out of church. But anyway, as far as what I wrote, is the churches should be more like a field hospital. If we like it or not, we're in a big war. It's a spiritual war against, against the devil. He don't like us. But we know he's going to lose at the end. But he's taking our, the, he's taking our brothers and all and our sisters from church when he can, and he's trying to destroy them. And it's our job to be the field medics to bring them back to the hospital, which is this place. The doctor's God. He'll heal them. We just got to do our job to get them here. And on this battlefield, we're going to see a lot of hurt people. We're going to see people missing limbs. We're going to see them so bad that they're, bare, that they're basically blown halfway up. We're going to see some out here on this battlefield that's been shot. And we're going to see one that's already dead that needs to be revived. But we're going to have to be the ones that goes out on this battlefield and start pulling them out to safety. This is our duty as a Christian. And we see that even Jesus went out and healed the sinners and the wicked. And we go to Mark 2, 13 through 17. I got all the words on the board. And the Bible tells us, And he went forth again on the east side, and all the multitude resorted unto him. And he taught them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi and his son of Alphaeus sitting at the receipt of the customs and said unto him, Follow me. And he crossed and followed him. And it came to pass that as Jesus sat at the meat in his house, many publicans and sinners sat also together with Jesus. And his disciples, for there were many, and they followed him. And when the scribes and Pharisees saw him eat with publicans and sinners, they said unto the, his disciples, How is that he eateth and drinketh with publicans and sinners? And Jesus heard it. He said unto them, They that are whole have no need of a, the physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. In this passage, we see that Jesus, he, he was going out to heal the sinners. He wanted to pull the sinners in, make them whole again. And the scribes and Pharisees was questioning this. I was wondering why someone as, as Jesus was going out and having a meal with these people. So let's put this into our own life. As we're going down the road, or like when we pass Walmart, a lot of times 
we see a beggar on the side of the street. And a lot of people won't talk to him. But what, if, what would happen if you actually do talk to him? And come find out that that man might have put his life up for yours. Because he's, um, he's a veteran. And he got so messed up in the war he can't function straightly. And God puts you there to talk to him. And you just pass him by. Or we see some lady crying in the grocery store. You know, she might be so depressed that she's thinking about suicide. And you might be the only person that's in, that walks by that could save her life. And we need to go out and help these type of people. There's many examples of this. And once we, try, once we talk to them and tell them, just tell them about Jesus and who he is and how good of a father he is, and invite them to church, and try to invite them to church. And honestly, there's going to be a lot of people who's going to be like the scribes and Pharisees. They're going to look at you as wondering why in the world you're doing this. And they're going to be judging us. But does it even matter? It, it shouldn't matter. Because at this point, you're placing gifts in heaven. So why would you be worried about someone thinks on earth? If it's pleasing and praising God... Then it, sh then it should put a smile on your face, no matter what someone would say. So how do we pick up the wounded in this battlefield? How are we able to do that? Well, if it's one of our family members that's, that's been wounded, family or friends, our church members, should we just leave them there? Or should we go out in the midst of the battle and pick them up? And the answer to this question, this, that's our duty. It's our duty to go out there and pick them up and bring them back to the um, to get medical, to spiritual medical help. And Paul kind of teaches this in Galatians 1 through 4. That's going to be our next passage we're going through. And verse 1 starts, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in fault, Ye which are spiritual restored, such as one in the spirit of meekness, consider thyself, lest thou hast also been tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfilled the law of Christ. For if a man thinketh himself to be something when he is nothing, he is deceived himself. But let every man prove in his own work, then shall be he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. So the first point I get have right here that starts in verse 1, I call it picking up your fallen and wounded brothers and sisters in Christ. See, Paul's shown us that we should be... But it should be the church members that's doing it. It should be the ones that sound in the word of God should be the ones out there picking them up, brushing the dirt off their back, and tell them, you might have done wrong, but it's time to come back. Don't, don't try to disrespect, don't try to put them down for what they have done, because you could just as easily be there. It's only by the grace of God that we're not. Okay. And when the complete healing starts, when the healing starts and it completes, 
Let's not boast in, in the work that we just did. Because honestly, it wasn't even us that did it. It was the Holy Spirit using us as the vessel to bring these people back. And, when, and another thing is, and some people have a hard time with this, is when they start doing better, and sometimes they're going to be doing better than what you are, jealousy kicks in. Let's not be jealous of, of what happens, of how better they're doing. You should be praising them. Because one time they were down here, now they're up here. And you were that step in their, in their path that brought them there. And another thing is, bragging about what you do takes your gifts away from heaven. Because you start bragging that you did it in pride, you didn't do it in God's will. And you should be a humble and obedient God when you're going out to take up people. Even though this passage is used here to be picking up our fallen brothers and sisters, this principle will still be used to bring the lost to Christ. We should still be going out there and trying to find them. So I go to point two, which is bear ye other burdens, which is verse two. To bear each other's burdens, you first got to begin with your heart and getting it in the right place. Because without your heart in the right place, you're not doing it for God, you're doing it for yourself. Remember, it's God's grace, love, and strength that's going to able to help us and carry other people through their burdens. Every one of us has burdens. Maybe we like to say it or not, but we don't see them all, but every one of us does have burdens. And we like to hide them. Everybody does. That's just a human nature. And when we see someone falling and struggling, usually the first thing that pops up in my head, I know it's wrong, but it says, what do they do to get themselves in that position? We shouldn't be, we shouldn't be doing that. That's judging we shouldn't be judging, but we do. And we should be humble and try to pick them back up instead of just saying, why in the world do you get yourself in that predicament? Which is wrong. And another thing is when we're bearing each other's burden, God allows suffering for a reason. I don't think God has called us out there to, to eat. Well, he calls us to ease the suffering, not take it away from him. Because God uses suffering for many ways. He uses, sutter, he uses suffering to break the chains of the heart to bring them closer to him. God also used suffering for strengthening and discipline. We we're meant to walk beside the fallen and help carry their burdens. But we're not meant to take it, the burden completely away from them. Which is a, is a good aid for people when you're there, when you're there to help them through it. And it's a good medical treatment for the spiritual side. And once we get them back here, it's job, it'll be God's job to, to spiritually heal. Then we get to the point three, or well, verse three, which was the prideful medic. As we see in this verse, well, I'm going to break it down. But it says, For if a man think himself of something, when he is nothing, he is deceiving himself. This verse is for the field medics that are going out into the battlefield to pick up the fallen brothers and sisters. So let's break it down. 
if we go into the battlefield this way, thinking we're something, we're all doing it in our pride instead of God's will. So this part of the verse has to do with your pride and ego. So let's not think that we're better than anyone else. part of this verse. We're not sufficient in ourselves. So why would you even try to think that we are? The only way we are sufficient is when God's helping us. Is that we can't do anything. We can't pick up any of our fallen brothers until we have God on our side. It takes a lot of prayer. The third part of this is he deceived himself. We're all is substitutable to sin. And if you think you're above the sin that these people are doing, you're absolutely wrong. We're all capable of all sins. It's just the grace of God that we're not. And the devil is using pride at this part to mislead you that if you think you can't do perform a sin, the devil's using the pride to persuade you that you can't. But in honesty, you can. And it don't matter what sin it is, we all are sinners. We all do wrong. And in God's eyes, they're all the same. Gluttony and murder is the same in God's eyes. In our eyes, it's not. We're still judging at this point, but it's the truth. And we get to point four, which is the humble medic. And this verse goes, let every man prove his own work. And this should rejoice in himself alone and not in another. This verse is also for the field medics. Going to pick up the ones that's fallen in the, on this battlefield. So let's break this down. It says, the first part is, let every prove. This part is telling us the first thing we need to do is compare ourselves to the Word of God instead of to it into our own will. Let's make sure with our feet solid on the rock, which is the Word. And this way we may not fail. We still have a chance of failing even though we're going out because the devil has powerful tools. And we still, there's a lot of temptations out there. And while we're helping others out, the second part is here. However, we aid the, our fallen brothers and sisters, let's make sure that they are doing it, we're doing it in God's will. His work should be our work. And if we're doing it in God's will, we're, we're pleasing Him. The third part is, and then he should rejoice in himself alone, which is a hard thing, especially with social media around. When we go out and do God's will on the battle, God's work on the battlefield, and when our fallen, when the fallen start to follow God's path in their life, we should rejoice and praise God for allowing them, for allowing Him to use us to get them there. 
And by rejoicing in God's grace instead of boasting in ourselves, makes you humble. And it just satisfies us that we see them doing, doing great without us boasting about it. Because usually now, social media, the first thing you do when someone does something good, they pull their phone out and click. What's the first thing that goes on? Face space. I mean, I think when you're out there helping people, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be the one getting the credit for it. Like, for instance, I don't know, I'm pretty sure this is posting, but I never said anything about anybody. A couple weeks ago, we had this, this guy, that, he was Hispanic, that came into the shop. He had the bolts broke out of the back manifold, and he couldn't go nowhere. But this man also has took his um, so his citizenship test, had to be in um, D.C. the next day to get his citizenship. So here he was. We were slammed. No one there that could help. So I finally called the owner in, in Lexington. I mean, not Lexington, Lynchburg. And I said, I told him, I said, this is like a 12-hour job. I think I can get it done within five, six hours. He said, well, if you can help him, do it. So I rescheduled a bunch of stuff, gave it to different techs, start working on it, and guess what happened? Every bolt in that sucker broke. <laughs> so what well, usually been a six, seven-hour job for me, that most people take 12, well, took me 15 hours. I didn't get out there until 10 o'clock, but the man, the man made it to his appointment to get a citizenship. But like I said, you don't talk about that stuff because you didn't do it for yourself. Because I feel that's boasting. Even though I was in the garage at 10 o'clock that night getting it done, he has a story now to tell about how someone would drop everything to help him. And maybe he would be the one going out next time and doing it for someone else. We should be the example for everybody. And this way, if we do it that way, without trying to boast ourselves, we're putting a lot more rewards in heaven instead of here on this earth. What we put on this earth is going to burn up and they're not going to last. So here's the last part. The dead needs to be revived, which is the unsaved man. So how do we pick these people up? I'm going to open up the question answers now. Anybody that's going to go give them the over here? No one wants to answer this? How do we bring the saved to Christ? Or the unsaved to Christ? you got to tell them. So that means you got to talk to these people. In our nature, we don't talk to these people because they're, they're different than us. To be honest with you, we walk by them like, like it's nothing. Well, we shouldn't be. What's another way? Being the example, right. Showing a lot of people read the Bible through us, which is hard. It's a hard thing to, to hold up to is when you think that the Bible is getting read through a lot of people through how we act. And we actually think that before we go out and say something or do something, I think we'll change our minds a lot more. What about inviting them to church? That's a big one. 
Let's, let's face it. How many people actually get saved out of church? I know they do, but it's very few. But God uses us as his vessel to bring these people to him. That's why we're the filmmaker. And this is, this is a rough world we're living in right now. I feel soon we're going to be prosecuted for what we're believing in. Because it's just, it just how the government and everything is starting to line up. It's getting rough. And we should be the light of the world, the people like us. I'm going to skip a couple pages here. Does anybody else want to try to answer how you bring the lost to Christ? Anybody? And this is a rough crowd. <laughs> so what about you? Are you doing your job as a film medic and bring the spiritual women back to the hospital so God can heal them? If we were all here doing God's work, this place would be full. Just a little bit that we have here. There would be a place to put nobody out. And we all should be here Digging into the um, spiritual healing, which is this book. And a lot of people, the average Bible reader will read about 15 minutes a day. Which that still ain't enough. But anyway, when we're bringing the lost and the wounded back, we should be graceful to them. Because it could be a month we're, we're in the same place they were. Just by God's grace, we're here. So how... So as we go out on the battlefield this the next couple days, let's think about it. We got a um, church assembly. We got a dinner. Who don't like to eat? I mean, that's one good thing about Baptists. We love to eat. How come we're all most of us are fat? <laughs> but how about we go invite someone? I'm pretty sure when I did this message, someone came up to your mind. So before we end this, if you don't mind, Miss Dave, can we just play a song? And we pray for these people that we came up to in our minds. How about we just pray for them in our chairs? And how about if we invite at least two people before Sunday? Come join us this Sunday. I think that's not a big that's not a big task to ask for. So as Miss Deb plays, we'll just pray and when she gets done I'll pray and we'll go through prayer meeting and go from there. <laughs>